Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 99 of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared. If you are wondering why the introduction sounds a little bit sultrier and uh, all around better than it usually is, that is because today you're joined by me, Christian Hoffer, my co-host, Megan Peters, but not Jim Viscardi. He's gone. Megan, Where'd he go? Yeah. Well, we, we had a tribal council and we finally voted him off the island. We figured it was time. You know, it's been 99 episodes. He's had a pretty good audition run, and he just wasn't cutting it. So uh, we got rid of We had to cut him before the big 100. I mean, exactly. You know, couldn't, it couldn't be fair. Otherwise, but, yeah. But to be serious, he's actually just in New York. He, he has been vaccinated, and he has been able to see his uh, family, who has also been vaccinated. So we are very happy for Jim, despite all of the uh, the, the the grief that we give him. Yeah. And when I say we... I mean, Christian. So. I, I mean, yeah, no, that, let's let's be real. Like, you know, I, I, I am a little bit jealous of Jim flaunting his fully vaccinated state, running about in states that, you know, leaving his house for the first time in the year. You know, this is not something us mere mortals who have only received one of their vaccinations has been able to, um, you know, participate in. But soon... Soon. soon soon everyone but yes yeah, so welcome welcome to the show yeah. hopefully you're okay with the two of us today <laughs> yeah it'll be a lot more of a civil affair uh me and megan are a lot nicer to each other than we are to jim so if you are here to see us you know go and beat down jim you'll have to wake uh, wait until episode 100 but we are um you know we, we we've got uh we we will be building up two weeks worth of insults just unleash at him at the beginning of the episode um, so, anyways, this, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is a Pokemon podcast. We talk about all things Pokemon. We talk about the video games. We talk about the mobile games. We talk about the cards. We talk about the merchandise. We talk about the anime. We talk about, I don't know, uh, if, if it has Pokemon in the name or is somehow Pokemon adjacent, we talk about it. That is that is what we do uh, Megan and I are both the Pokemon experts for comicbook.com. And so every Monday at 12 p.m. PM Eastern time, we go and chit chat about Pokemon for about an hour. And you can you know, either watch us live on Twitch, which we have a, a growing community who goes and joins us and um, you know listens to us ramble about Pokemon every week. Or you can listen to us wherever 
you get your podcasts and those are going up live on Monday afternoons. So you can, you can hop in there, um, you know, hop in and listen pretty quickly after we record these things. Um, so anyways, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. So I guess uh, we will dive right in as I pull up the script list. Usually, you know, Jim takes care of all of the like, you know, transitional stuff. I'm pretty terrible about it. You know, we're going to actually talk about something that I think is super interesting that Megan, you wrote about last week. There is a new Pokemon tabletop game coming out oh, yeah. in Japan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? All right, guys. So if you've ever played like the board game Operation, you kind of basically will understand what this board game is about. So in Japan, they have released a uh, kind of kid-friendly tabletop game where you have like a little base Pikachu and it has its tail kind of sticking out and the little zigzaggy forms that we're used to. And the purpose of the game is you're supposed to be able to trace the outline of the tail with a metal kind of rod, basically. Um, and if you touch the sides of the, the, the tail, where it's kind of all metal, it'll buzz furiously like you're being electrocuted. So you're basically getting the chance to experience what Ash Ketchum has experienced multiple times uh, in his life <laughs> of just being absolutely electrocuted. So, so is this, so this is like a, you know, this is not like the, um, like the dare games where they actually shock you. We are not actually Correct. torturing and tasing children with Pikachu. Although, you know, that, that could be a more adult version of this game, you know, cause they, yes. they, they do do that thing. And, um, uh, you know, in Japan, they have those little, those little shockers where you like hang on until somebody gets shocked. Like the pain just increases and increases, and that would be something uh, in a Pokemon style. Um, so, do you think this game is going to come out in Japan at all? I mean, so I'm, I'm I can't remember exactly the company uh, who who's making this in Japan. Uh, I I don't have much familiarity with it. I feel like this would be an excellent game to kind of bring to the U.S. It doesn't actually shock you. So they don't have to worry about any like lawsuits or anything where, like which you might see with those uh, kind of uh, uh, dare games, which fun fact, we do have one of those games at the comic book offices, which I've not been in for over a year now. Uh, and they will shock you. So um, this Pikachu game, I would love so I could replace the one in their office and not be scared every time someone challenges me. Um, I think it would be a great kind of game to bring over. It's not very expensive in Japan either. I'm not sure how the import licensing fees would affect that here in the U.S. But I definitely love the idea of that game. And in the comment section, a lot of our viewers are super excited about like what an actual Pokemon operations game would look like. Like actually, like that'd be horrifying. Like you could like pluck Pokeballs out, like the little berries. Like you could pluck those out of like Pikachu's stomach. Like I know that's never going to happen because that's like a little like too dark edge like we've discussed on this podcast before, but I would love it. Yeah, I was about to say, I, uh, I, I think if there would be a Pokemon operation game, it would probably be like a Snorlax, like, you know, mm. doing an operation on like a Snorlax or maybe a Grimer where you're pulling out various items. You know, you say, you know, like, you know, you don't think that they would make a Pokemon operation, but, uh, you know, that is one of the games that does regularly get, like, licenses. Like, I've seen mm -hmm. everything from, like, The Nightmare Before Christmas, yeah. um, you know, get it. So, like, it seems like every year they come out with a couple of new versions of an operation game. So it's not impossible. 
Um, and you know, um, it's really interesting. I, I, you know, my the other thing that I do besides Pokemon um, is, you know, I, 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 I am a, you know, I do a lot of tabletop board games. Like, and um, it's really interesting because Japan, a lot of their board games are um, really focused on dexterity based. In fact, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a really popular uh, board game in Japan. That was basically all about teaching kids how to use chopsticks because mm. um, chopsticks were kind of like they, they they noted that there was like a decline in the use of chopsticks and they considered that to be a cultural thing. So they developed all these board games around like, um, you know, using chopsticks that became really popular. But I, I've noticed that uh, a lot of like the really popular Japanese games that have come over here to the United States have been dexterity based. And this is another mm. one because... Um, uh, like it because you have like a hook and you're kind of like uh, trying to uh, follow Pikachu's tail up and around. Um, yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool game. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it's really interesting because it's basically like a blank slate. You can do whatever you want with this game. You can treat it as just like a basic, you know, don't touch the edge of this tabletop. But I was actually able to kind of see a set of the instructions from this game that was posted online and was able to get it translated so I could, you know, understand what was happening and it gives you like 20 different like rules options for how to play the game and one that I thought was really interesting was it was basically like you're supposed to do it in the shortest amount of time possible without touching the side obviously and in that time period you're supposed to be competing to see who can name the most Pokemon in order (laughs) <laughs> like I was like, I don't even know. Like I could do the the first, I could do 150. I could I could probably do the second gen, but like and you're supposed to challenge each other based on like generations. And I was like, I'd be fine like for the first two. But the, I, when I got to three, I don't think I could do it in order anymore. <laughs> I'd be yeah, like, yeah. after the starters, I'd be like Well, and you know, well the here's you know, here's the other thing when I guess, you know, uh, talking about the you know, the order of Pokemon, once you get to Gen 3, they switched up the Pokedexes. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they start going to regional Pokedexes. So it's a lot harder for you to see that see that order in the, um, you know, in, in the games themselves. Like, you know, that's around the time that the orders, I feel, like, start to get de-emphasized. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Gen 1, Gen 2, it was like, oh, here's the Pokedex, and you could see the pokedex and there's all 150 and then all 251 but then when you got to the gen 3 games you know that's when they started doing the regional stuff and uh that that national pokedex started its grand de-emphasis to now it's not even in the games anymore you know and and that you know people have opinions about that so yeah Um, all i can say is i hope this game does come to the u.s and if it does i hear you know, once everything is social distance, we finished our vaccinations for Christian Hoffer because we are mere mortals and plebeians compared to uh, Jim Viscardi. Yeah. Uh, we will gather and play the game on a special Twitch Twitch episode. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Like, you know, do that actually in studio, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our brand new comic book offices um, when when that is allowed to happen in the distant future distant, um, distant future but yes that's <laughs> here i made the promise everyone keep 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 it up to it i've made it without any authorization by the way but <laughs> i would like to see it happen it's yeah. official it's been yes. said you know jim if you know jim if you have a problem with it speak up now anyone oh. in the comment section nope no nope. one there okay. all right we're well, good done uh so let's let's move on let's talk about actually what's probably the biggest pokemon ish 
news story of the week. Not exactly Pokemon related. It, it, it's Pokemon related, but not straight Pokemon news. But this was probably the biggest yeah. uh, story in the Pokemon franchise for this week. Niantic is working on a new game with is Nintendo. Is it Harry Potter? Is it Harry no, Potter? No, no, they they have learned from their mistakes. You will not be capturing and torturing Harry Potter or whatever it is that that game um, does today. Who who even knows what the heck? Yeah, uh, no, they are making. They have announced a partnership with Niantic or with Nintendo. Niantic has announced a partnership with Nintendo to make new Nintendo mobile apps. The first one of these will be Pikmin. It is not called Pikmin Go. They. We're very specific to state. It is not called Pikmin Go, but it is going to be a game in which Pikmin follow you around in the real world. Megan, your thoughts? I am stupidly excited. I'm like stupidly excited. So here's the thing. I was also very excited for Harry Potter. We know how that went. However, I will say Niantic and Pokemon have had a very good relationship. I mean, despite all the crap people tend to give Niantic, uh, they've had a very you know, abundant relationship in terms of what they've done with, you know, brand synergy, et cetera, et cetera, a bunch of business terms that I won't get into here. I think Nintendo um, will, will, will be able to match that level basically. So I'm, I'm excited to see Pikmin. I will say though, uh, it's definitely going to cater to a much smaller audience. So obviously we're going to have to taper expectations. The, yeah. the brand notability of Pikmin in at least in the in in the west in the in the united states like that's my where i live <laughs> it's it's definitely less than pokemon as you can expect um but i love pikmin i've always loved pikmin i think i've played all the pikmin games so i'm very excited to see kind of how this game flourishes and what uh the next license could be with this partnership with niantech and nintendo yeah, and that's that's the thing is like, you know, Pikmin is only the first. And, you know, the, the thing is with Niantic and their entire strategy is, you know, Pokemon Go and to a lesser extent Ingress, which was their first game, um, you know, they use that to build this pretty robust database of real world locations, real world places, all of the stuff that you see in Pokemon Go. You know, that was all community developed, which is pretty yeah. crazy when you think about it, that... Um, you know, it, it was us, you know, the the, the players who, who built up that database. And now they are leveraging that where they have the availability to make these games. I'm really interested to see what, what it will involve. You know, um, obviously the Pikmin franchise is much smaller. I mean, there's what, like maybe a dozen different kinds of Pikmin, if that. Yeah. Um, so I'm really curious to see what the gameplay will be like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also, I think even more exciting than Pikmin and I, I like the Pikmin franchise. They're, they're fun. It's a fun game to play. I'm excited to like, you know, turn around and see a bunch of little Pikmin following me around. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what other Nintendo properties they are going to do next. Like yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced, you know, uh, like, you know, my, my dream list would include like animal crossing. Um, mm. I mean, my, Oh, don't even. Yeah, <laughs> I would um, lose my mind. I, mean, I feel obviously like for me, Legend of Zelda. I would. Well, I was going to say, you know, the Zelda Legend game with like the 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 Koroks. Um, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, that you would know, be like 
Like, I, I don't think we'll ever get, like, a, like, you know, Legend of Zelda go in which you go and, like, I don't yeah. know, run around with Link or something like that. But, you know, yeah. the Koroks, I think, you know, that is definitely a doable thing where you go and find little Koroks spread across mm-hmm. the world and you get, like, benefits or something like that. Like, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of things. And I'm curious to see if they start to branch out more. Mm-hmm. um you know from their from their ar style like you know I, obviously i think that neantic is always going to do you know kind of what we see in pokemon go yeah but you know i am curious because you know as they dabble with others uh, you know some of these other franchises maybe we'll see more hybrid style uh stuff um you know maybe uh you collect power-ups in the real world that you use in mobile gameplay or something yeah. like that um what- I think it would be really interesting. And if anyone listening on our Twitch stream has an idea of what they want to see Nintendo do with this partnership, please let us know. Because I, I mean, immediately I thought of Animal Crossing and uh, Legend of Zelda. Animal Crossing is probably the most obvious. It has a history of mobile app uh, presence, Mm -hmm. a successful history at that. Um, It's sold a bajillion copies. New Horizons is a behemoth when it comes to sales uh, in Japan and outside of Japan. So that is a very obvious thing to for them to kind of test run. Um, I'd be curious to see what that is. If you could like choose to like move your favorite animals into your real life neighbor, like your real neighborhood, like that yeah. would be so cool to me. Um, again, Legend of Zelda, I mean, what you said with the Koroks, that would be so great. And the timing based on whenever Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, that would be just chef's kiss perfection this year Um, yeah fingers crossed we'll see um but again like i'd almost be curious there's just so many like i would also kind of hope i know it's not going to happen but like my my dream would be like metroid or something i know that's not going to happen but like there everyone wants metroid and it never happens (laughs) it never happens but i can hope I, I was thinking, you know, this would be a good way to revitalize some of those like lesser, you know, the the more the some of the franchises that definitely have fan followings, but have kind of gone dormant, like F-Zero mm-hmm. is another one, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, and of course, you know, you'd have your stuff like Mario, like my kid would love like a freaking Mario game. Yeah, I mean, um, Mario's like, the biggest because I mean. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm really curious. I would be really curious to see what a Mario uh, AR game would be like. I'm sure it's doable. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, people people in the comments section are talking about Smash Brothers, a Smash Brothers AR. Um, yeah. You know, like I said, uh, there's a lot of possibilities. It just depends on how much Niantic seems to be willing to to branch out. Of mm-hmm. of their uh, you know because if if you play any of these games uh, Ingress Pokemon Go or even uh, you know Wizards Unite they all follow the same basic game loop and that's mm-hmm. a perfectly fine game loop like you know like that is not a knock on the antic I mean I like playing Pokemon Go I mean you know um, we're about to dive into a bunch of Pokemon Go stuff after we finish talking about this um, so yeah I'm I'm really curious to see because here's the other thing. Uh, that got announced to this. Uh, this the the Pikmin game will be Niantic's the first game that comes out of Niantic's Tokyo Game Studio. Um, back mm. in I think like 2017 or 2018, um, when they raised a bunch of capital, you know, leveraging the fact that they were you know uh, making literal bags of cash uh, off of Pokemon Go, uh, they went and opened up a game studio in Tokyo. Um, which operates separately from their San Francisco office. And they've always had like people over in Japan. Um, but, 
you know, uh, it, it could be curious to see if we get a different style of game coming from the secondary studio. Um, mm -hmm. uh, anyways, um, uh, let's let's move on since we're talking about Pokemon Go. Let's talk about what's coming up in Pokemon Go as we have a pretty big slate of stuff coming in April. Um, a bunch of different events. Uh, the biggest one and the one that I want to talk about the least is the Sustainability Week event. Did you did you see this at all, Megan? I did see it. I thought it was uh, super interesting. So I'd like to know more. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this event will be coming up on April 20th to April 25th. It is a sustainability-themed event. Now, we don't know what that means. But apparently, Pokemon like Grimer and Trubbish and other pollution-themed Pokemon are going to be appearing in the wild, and it will be up to the players to clean them up and catch them. So this will be a um, trash gathering event uh, des designed to um, do environmental, um, you know, sustainability. I, I think it was really interesting. Uh, that is one of the n more novel new concepts. I'm assuming this is going to come with some sort of global challenge. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's I think it's a fun, fun, cool event. Like, you know, like. I, I'll be honest, March's events were kind of like blase to me. I, I didn't really care for them that much yeah. at all. The charge up event didn't do anything for me. Um the um the weather week. I mean you yeah, know. March was definitely definitely a slower a slower thing happening. But again, I mean Pokemon as a whole was kind of busy. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that... I understand that they, they had their priorities. So yeah. that's okay. They they had to have some cooldown. Uh, so some other stuff that are coming up in uh, Pokemon uh, Go is uh, you know uh, the breakthrough will be Frillish uh, this month, which okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> I mean, a thing. Yeah, I I'm not complaining too much because I don't have uh, Frillish's evolved form yet. So I'll I'll take I'll take another Frillish. Um, uh, the Therian forms or Tornadus and Landorus will both be popping up. Uh, throughout the month of April, um, they're going to be bringing back the incarnate forms at the very end of the month. Uh, we're getting a uh, a spring event because we we don't call it Easter, but it's you know all about uh, we're we're getting more flower crown Pokemon. God help us all. Uh, this hey, time, it's I Chans love <gasps> Chansey flower crown. Okay, I like it. it. I like it. it. I'm with it. It is Happiny, Chansey, and Blissey. All three of them are getting flower crowns. Assumably. Flower Crown EV will be making its return too. I I can't help but think that we'll be getting that again. Um, oh, yeah. uh, we're getting some sort of Rivals Week, which will feature some brand new Pokemon. Uh, well, brand new to Pokemon Go. Uh, the the um, everyone's pretty sure this is going to be the the fossil Pokemon for Gen Six will be the ones that are featured in that, and we'll be ending the month with a Friendship Day. Uh, also, we didn't talk about this last week, but Snivy will be the Community Day Pokemon, um, which, you know, I like I like getting new shinies, and that is about the extent of what I'll say about that. Snivy, I have nothing against Snivy. It's a perfectly fine Pokemon, um, you know, but... Hi, it, when they did that, like, global Pokemon popularity poll, uh, Snivy was, like, in the top ten, so... Really? Yeah, I forget... Exactly who it was. I mean, it was held in Japan, but it was open to the entire world. It, it was mm -hmm. a very limited voting poll. Uh, but yeah, Snivy was like in the top 10 or something. So that's a controversial opinion. 
<laughs> oh, well, I, I was unaware that Snivy was that popular. Um, so a lot of Pokemon Go stuff coming up. Uh, we will talk a lot more about Pokemon Go uh, over the course of the next month because, you know, that is the, the predominant news cycle that just keeps running and running. Uh, we have some more uh, stuff to talk about, uh, including our deep dive and our Pokefact of the week. But first, we have to go and do our ad break. So we will be back in approximately one minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. It has been an excruciatingly long time since we saw you last, but we are back. And now it is time to talk about our deep dive. You know, I was going to. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about bugs for for our uh, for our deep dive. You know, it was funny. I was I was about to tweet during the minute long break, and then I realized that oh no, I actually have to pay attention this time around. Usually, <laughs> I you know mess around during my minute long uh, you know break, but I was going to tweet that you know like with Jim away, like you know I'm the captain now and get that meme out there. Um, but you know uh, it is it is Jim's birthday this month. Um, so, uh, be sure to wish him a happy birthday on, on the yeah. Twitters. Send him pictures of Geodude yes. with birthday hats. You know, more That's importantly, it. send him pictures of rocks and say it's Geodude. I mean, what's the difference? There is, there's literally no difference. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking about, um, Geodude the other day, actually, uh, with, uh, the Pokemon Snap, new Pokemon Snap. And I was thinking, you know, because... In the anime, you know, Geodude, like, floats around like he's, like, some sort of, like, hovering beholder or something like that. But, um, you know, in in the games, you know, they talk about how Geodude, you know, crawls. And we don't really see that. Like, you know, if you you pull up, like, the walking Geodudes from, you know, uh, Let's Go or Sword and Shield, I don't think we get the the weird, like, you know, zombie crawl Geodude. But I was just thinking, you know, since new Pokemon Snap, quite frankly... Uh, seems to offer a more accurate um, Pokemon uh, experience if we would get the creepy crawly Geodude. Because that's that's a really, when you think about it, it's a rock with hands. It gets around by like literally like army crawling everywhere. That's just freaky. Can, can you just that's imagine? Horrifying. Yeah, that's something just... like, like out of the ring, like Geodude it... crawling out of a TV. Oh man, duh. Like, you know, like no wonder Jim likes it because it is just a, a horrifying to think about Pokemon. A literal rock with arms that crawls everywhere, um, with a very angry looking face. Um, man, what a what a just an awful and terrible Pokemon. Oh man. Anyways, wow. speaking of awful and terrible things, actually not really. Uh some some surprising Pokemon news got brought up this week, and we are going to talk about it as our deep dive. So, um, Megan, did you did you did you get a chance to take a look at these these weirdo oh. bugs? Yes. So, uh, thanks to Hoffer who wrote it up on the site. I was immediately like, "What is happening?" So, for anybody who 
does not know. Uh, you know, life imitates art in a lot of ways. And a lot of, you know, real life scientists, biologists, people who are on the forefront of discovery and exploration when it comes to living things uh, tend to name their discoveries after Pokemon. And that happened yet again. Uh, three Australian beetles were uh, discovered as a new, you know, species um, by actually a super famous, like, beetle scientist, which I didn't know that was a job. And it's not the job for me, but like each to their own. Uh, and they named the three beetle species because they are so rare after the three legendary birds. Yeah. So uh, we, we got, um, uh, let me, let me pull it up so I can butcher um, the spelling. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the time when we're about to butcher a lot of words. <laughs> actually, you know, I don't think this one is too hard to pronounce. It's, it's, uh, the the um, the genus of beetles is uh, Binburum. So it's mm -hmm. Binburum articuno, Binburum moltres, and Binburum zaptos. They look absolutely nothing like oh, yeah. um, the, the Pokemon. The, the reason they got named this way is because they were um, incredibly rare. Uh, the uh, So, you know, the, it was a pair of, um, you know, beetle researchers. They're called, uh, you know, uh, entomologists um, are, are, you know, those who study bugs. Um, but, um, so, uh, basically this, uh, very famous, uh, beetle professor discovered the Binburum genus and then his, uh, colleague, uh, who, you know, was in Australia and was like going through, I don't know, his beetle collection, <laughs> uh, found, found some more of them. And this guy, he was like, he's like, yeah, I'm a big Pokemon nerd. So I'm going to call him, call, go and name him after, um, you know, his, his, his Pokemon. Uh, after some of his favorite Pokemon, because they were mm -hmm. particularly rare. Our producer will appreciate this. He found another Binburum beetle. Or no, it's not a Binburum. It's a different uh, type of beetle that he named after Digimon. So we had both Pokemon and Digimon get named by this guy. Um, which, yeah. you know, it's just, it is it's great to see. You, you, you sometimes forget that all these scientists are big old nerds too, just like uh, the yeah. rest of us, you know? I gotta, I gotta shout out in the comments. Uh, Alu Max said, well, the bug catcher kids do grow up at some point. And that. if that isn't the most accurate comment, all those bug catchers that you laid waste to in the game ultimately grew up and discovered new creatures, which they were able to name after Pokemon. So really who's the winner here? Yeah. And you know, this, exactly. this, this follows, like, we had a mouse that was named after Pikachu. Um, we've had yeah. a few few different species of various types of creatures get named yeah, after Yeah, I've been looking some up. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, the one that is most important to our conversation today is, the, I'm going to mess up this this pronunciation, I'm so sorry, but the Bulbasaurus phylorixon, the, the Bulbasaur, the Bulbasaur dinosaur. <laughs> that they discovered um, like way back ago, basically in 2017, Roger Smith was in South Africa and discovered a new type of, uh, you know, fossil set that he has decided to name after Bulbasaur and the Phyloxyron means leaf razor. So basically it's Bulbasaur, leaf <laughs> razor, the dinosaur. Uh, that, no, is, I, that is the Pokemon. Well, now like, I have to like actually look this up. Um, oh, did see. you not know? Am I the first I, one to tell you this? Oh, I, I did not know this. Yes, um, the species name is Phyloxyron, <laughs> and that means leaf razor. And then they were named Bulbasaur because the uh, the genus of dinosaur fossil that was discovered, they have a very bulbous nasal passage, which 
Bulbasaur also has. Um, so I'm, obviously that is why they went with that name. I am I am looking this up now, and the best part about it is they're like, um, you know, uh, no, no, it was not directly named after Bulbasaur, and then it actually has like the the leaf razor, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, yeah. buddy. We might have um, bought it if it was just Bulbasaurus, because we could be like, okay. But then it's the second half of its name translates to Leaf Razor. So we'll leave that up to you. Yeah. Um, they... Aerodactyl also has a fossil set named after it. Aerodactylus scolopacisips. <laughs> I have no idea. I am doing so many people wrong with my pronunciations. Uh, but yeah, it's an animal that was believed to have been on Earth 150 million years ago, discovered in 1850. Uh, however, in 2014, they were able to get more information and officially named it Aerodactylus. So, what a bunch hey, of Pokemon nerds coming up. Obviously, Weedle has one. Weedle, though, is not uh, based after a fossil discovered in 2011. The Stentorceps Weedle is a wasp, actually. So that makes sense. Makes sense. You know, totally makes sense. And then obviously, because this is Pokemon, Charizard does have a uh, creature named after it. The Chicola Charizard is an insect, which is thought to be one of the most durable insects in the world, it can survive in areas that are 2,000 meters above sea level. So, and this, yeah. I, you know, well, of course, Charizard gets the, uh, you know, get, gets the whole, uh, uh, they, like, oh, look, look how cool and awesome Charizard. I'm sure that actual real life bug can, like, has, like, two different mega evolutions, a, you know, Gigantamax form. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, the best part about this insect is that it was discovered by uh, Spencer Moncton, who's a Canadian entomologist. And uh, he previously named a bee he discovered um, after the uh, Charizard. And then this one came through and it was just, you know, we got to do it. We got to do it to call Charizard. So anyways, you know, in case the you needed bug information. <laughs> Well, and you know the, the the fun thing about all of this is, as as you mentioned at the beginning of the segment, this is really a case of life imitating art, which you know then again was art imitating life because yeah. the creator of the Pokemon franchise, Satoshi Tajiri, was a big you know as a kid he was obsessed with collecting and catching bugs. The entire the bug catcher kid is is the creator of the franchise, and you know that love of catching bugs translated you know as he as he uh started to come up with concepts for his very own video game that is how we got the original pocket monsters concept um was you know based on this entire going out into the wild catching bugs in different types of ways finding different variants of it and all that sort of stuff and you know that was all based on his childhood of collecting bugs and, you know and part that's part of the reason why, when you play the Pokemon games, you are playing as a 10-year-old kid every single time. Even when you are apparently a 10-year-old ninja in the upcoming Pokemon Legends game, you're still a kid. Um, and that, yeah. you know, uh, that 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 is all inspired off of, you know, the actual act of bug catching. You know, collecting bugs is a little bit more popular over in Japan as a, as a hobby than it is in the United States. Although a lot of kids still do it in the United States. You know, I, I do know more than one entomologist, weirdly enough. Um, but, you know, um, pretty cool. That is yeah. a pretty cool thing 
Um, I mean, now that I've seen the list of Pokemon that have, you know, creatures named after them, I'm just really upset, I guess, disappointed, maybe is the better word, that no one has bothered to name something after Vaporeon. Uh, you know, I would assume that if something were to get named after Vaporeon, uh, you know, the the issue I feel like is, you know, um, Vaporeon as it is kind of a sleek water cat, you know, it kind of limits it. You either have some sort of um, like, you know, uh, some sort of reptilian lizard, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe a fish if it has a cool frill um, or something like an otter or or something something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the problem is, is as you get into, like, you know, bugs, we have no idea how many bugs are out there. But when it there comes to, like, so those, many. when it comes out, comes to those, like, bigger creatures, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we could get a Vaporeon fish. But the problem is, when I look at, you know, uh, Vaporeon, you know, I would think, like, oh, I, it would be really cool to name, like, an otter after Vaporeon. Well, no one's discovering any new otter species. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's the same thing that's holding, like, Mewtwo and Mew back, mm-hmm. um, is, you know... Uh, it's kind of like, uh, when's the next time someone's going to discover a new cat species? Yeah. The other thing I feel bad is that we have a Charizard bug. We have a uh, Bulbasaur fossil. But Squirtle is getting zero love. In this that list. tracks. That Squirtle, tracks. I Squirtle's mean, not even in the conversation. No. I feel like there has to be some sort of ancient turtle that we haven't discovered yet that we can name after Blastoise. Yeah, well, one of these days we're going to find something which has a bunch of like you know weird bulges on its back, and that's 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 how we'll get in the Blastoise reference. Yeah, there. Um, yeah, no, I I don't know. Like, um, I, I I'm trying to think. You know, the the problem is with Squirtle is it's very generic. <laughs> like, I hate to say that. Like, you know, I I give Squirtle crud all all day long, but I I actually am very fond of that Pokemon. But my issue is is you know. Like I, unlike Bulbasaur or even like you know a Pokemon like Charmander or Charizard, Squirtle is just a turtle, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't think you know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe paleontologists who specialize in turtles just don't have the same love of Pokemon that the bug collectors do. Maybe it's a it's a bug collecting thing. Who knows? Uh, who knows? If you if you're a paleontologist in your life that does not like Pokemon and you want to send them this podcast. Please refer them. I am determined to get the Squirtle evolutionary line, some sort of animal named after it, because I just feel like this exclusionary practice isn't acceptable anymore. I have a feeling we're going to get like so many like very polite, well-written, angry letters at us oh. um, as we are currently mocking like you know the paleontology field and oh, you know, entomology. There is no mocking. There is only respect. I was that kid who went to like the Adventure Science Museum as a kid and only went to the archeo- like archaeology pit, and, like dusted off the same dinosaur bones like twenty times every day, Nash- and still kept coming back. <laughs> I was about to say, Nashville has a pretty good children's science museum, too. Yeah, we have an excellent one that has a bunch of really cool dinosaur stuff. I mean, that was my that was my jam as a kid. And that was one reason I really loved, you know, Pokemon. Because, you know, oh, my God, they're like, they're basically dinosaurs, in my opinion. <laughs> and so that was uh, an excellent thing. So I did not ultimately go that career route. Uh, so if anybody who did go that career route wants to talk to me about possibly getting a Pokemon named after Squirtle... <laughs> Please hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, uh, I think that about wraps up our deep dive for the week. We should we should hit our big old polka fact of the week. This yes. week we we are we are nearing the end of the of the Pokedex. In fact, you know, by a, a, a fun uh, the Kanto Pokedex, we we have like yes. eight hundred more Pokemon. To get yeah, to. we're not by even a, close in that respect. <laughs> by a fun coincidence. Uh, episode 100 will feature my second favorite Pokemon, uh, Articuno. Um, so uh, I am, I am very excited um, about about that. But this week we are talking about Snorlax. To the surprise of no one, Snorlax has a surprisingly strong constitution. Uh, apparently, not even Muck's incredibly uh, potent poison can really bug its stomach. Uh, I believe I am pulling it up now. Uh, let me, let me get to, uh, it's Pokedex entry in Pokemon, uh, uh, in Pokemon sun, it talks about that even Muck's poison is nothing more than a hint of spice on Snorlax's tongue. I'm pretty sure that means that we have, uh, at some point a Snorlax has definitely eaten a Muck. Oh, for sure. Or like part of a Muck. <laughs> like, I mean, you just like dip a finger and just try, I guess. Uh, and, you know, uh, like, and, and like, here's the thing with Muck, you know, so, so that is what Snorlax's entry is, but Muck talks about um, how um, just one drop of uh, Muck's body fluid can turn a pool stagnant and rancid. It talks about the fluid instantly kills plants and trees on contact, uh, on contact. Uh, you know, uh, touching it will accidentally cause a fever that requires bed rest. The point is, muck, incredibly toxic and poisonous, but to Snorlax, it is absolutely nothing. That is really the only cool Pokedex entry about Snorlax. Um, otherwise, they're just like, yeah, Snorlax is a big cat. It likes to eat. What about yeah. it? <laughs> it? Basically, they're like, it is a 900-pound cat that does not move. It eats while it sleeps. And it is very docile once its tummy is full. So you can basically jump on it like a trampoline. However, if it has not had food, like, stay away. Yeah. For the yeah. love of everything, stay away. Because <laughs> it will be angry. My favorite is uh, uh, what sounds like its cry may actually be its snores or the rumblings of its hungry uh, belly. I think it would be really funny if no one has actually heard what Snorlax really sounds like. Uh, yeah <laughs> that just like they just don't know up. i don't uh, know my and in the comments somebody uh tooth butter five just said i would love to see a regional variant of snorlax and now the only thing i can think of is what if in some crazy alternative world like three generations from now they make skinny snorlax oh no that would like they make horrifying. like like it's not like it's just tiny snorlax like it doesn't like it's like super <laughs> like super like doesn't eat or anything i like i'm trying to envision how that would look and like it's just not working <laughs> i have you uh have you have you read the sakamoto days uh the the manga mm -hmm. that shonen jump comes out yes um you know that that stars a um a, a retired hitman and like one of the running gags is no one recognizes him because he's like settled down and he's put on a lot of weight um, and but whenever he like expends energy, he suddenly gets like super skinny and like you know he like basically goes into overdrive mode. It's 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 yeah. a really fun gag manga. I, I yeah. recommend it. 
Yeah, I mean, um, if any of you are familiar with My Hero Academia, there's the hero Fat Gum, which basically oh, yeah. like eats all the time, but when it goes into battle, expends all that energy, um, you know, becomes super freaking powerful. Like, I think that would be such an interesting regional variant idea for a Snorlax is like that becomes a power. It can expend that energy and it becomes skinny Snorlax. And once it gets to that point, it's no longer a viable Pokemon for your strategy. Like, I know we started off talking about this as a gag, but now I think it would actually be a really interesting meta decision for that pokemon i i would want to see a buff snorlax like you know give me a snorlax with abs <laughs> yeah just like eight pack snorlax <laughs> i mean I hey if we if we gave snorlax an eight pack he'd basically become goku i feel like yeah. he would just become like unbelievably powerful so i I've always, I mean, obviously, as it is a cat Pokemon, I've always been a fan of Snorlax. But, like, you know, I feel like Ash's Snorlax, you know, like, in the Orange Island arc, especially, mm -hmm. you know, always, like, showed up. And I also oh, like yeah. the fact that, you know, Ash totally dumped the Snorlax off to, you know, Professor Oak just because he didn't want to feed it. He's like, you know what, you you deal with this. I mean, imagine how expensive that must be, though, like, in-game currency to feed, because it eats literally 24-7. It eats while it sleeps. It eats... A half ton of food a day. That's that yeah. is wow. like that's not something anyone can afford, let alone a 10-year-old. <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm trying to like <laughs> that's just too much. And then it makes me wonder, like, are there like subsidies available for are there like food drives available for Snorlax trainers? What's the community like in the regions that you know Snorlaxes are prominent that you can uh you know? Yeah. I just I'm so curious about the general upkeep of the Snorlax and how that would change if there was a regional variant. So I, I think it would be really funny if we had like a villainous team that was built around the fact of people need who need to make money so they can feed their Snorlaxes. Like, you know, like, yeah. sorry, sorry, I'm going to have to beat you up and take all of your money because I got a giant cat to feed. And yeah. Like that, I that's have, like my sole motivation for turning to evil. I have the biggest cat needing food so we we need to see we need to see how much that is what that what that kind of cost breakdown looks like for snarlax um well that is about all we've got for this episode i hope that you have enjoyed this very pleasant gymless episode of a wild podcast has appeared um if uh you uh, want to support us we super appreciate it of course thank you for listening thank you for joining us live if you're listening or watching us on twitch uh but if you want to continue supporting us uh the Easiest ways of doing that is leave us a five-star review on uh, on on iTunes or Spotify and all that jazz. Uh, if you do and we read it on the air, we will send you a T-shirt. We are aware that we have a backlog of uh, T-shirts that need to be sent out. As soon as we're allowed to go back into our office, we will do that. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's the very first thing that Jim will do when he steps foot into the office sometime yeah. you know later this year. Um, the other way you can support us is by following us on Twitter. Um, you know, uh, our, our Twitter, uh, you know, you can follow our main account at comic book, or you can follow our, uh, you know, sub Twitter for this podcast at Pokemon pod CB. Uh, alternatively, if you want to follow either myself or Megan, you can follow Megan at Megan Peters CB or me at C Hoffer C bus. Um, yes. And we are uh, on the road to 100. We are desperately close yes so. uh so next week is our 100th episode i uh i i don't a hundred percent know oh yeah i forgot follow us on twitch i forgot the really obvious one 
um, uh, you know, follow us on Twitch. And uh, for our 100th episode, I don't 100% know what Jim has cooking, but I hear it's something pretty good. There may be a special guest involved. Don't quote me on that. Um, because you know, who knows what has changed since the special Jim, you know. guest, the special guest is him. Cause he'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> he will be the guest of our own podcast. Okay, Megan, that is how we a hundred percent have to treat it next week is exactly. Jim as the special guest. Um, exactly. Oh man. Um, so, um, yeah. So until next time, thank you so much for, for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, be sure to follow uh, and watch our other uh, comic book podcasts. We have Comic Book Nation that runs on Wednesdays at noon and uh, Mar uh, Phase Zero, which is our Marvel podcast, which runs at Friday at noon. Um, so, uh, and though that's Eastern time. So, you know, translate that to the other times as you see fit. Anyways, until next Monday, I am Christian Hoffer. I am Megan Peters. And uh, thank you once again. Uh, have a nice week, everyone. Catch you later.